Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? We're at the end of a, a long recording session as we are recording in advance while you're on vacation. So this is episode number four in a row. The content doesn't yeah. drop off, but are you tired yet? <laughs> I'm not even tired. A little bit hot, but not too tired. Happy Saturday to most of you that are listening. If you're a patron, you might get this a little bit earlier mm-hmm. as a benefit. Um, but other than that, hope everybody's having a great weekend. Yeah, definitely. We got a fun episode today. We are highlighting some community legend concepts from our Discord, and we're going to answer some questions. If you want a question answered on the show, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burson. Links for those are in the description. If you want to get our uh, most immediate thoughts on Apex Legends, we are normally putting our you know first thoughts and reactions out on there. So go check us out. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know the drill. Check out our Patreon. We got a lot of awesome benefits over there. It helps support the show in a massive way, and we really appreciate all of our current patrons. Have I think about 170. Uh, of those folks so huge shout out to making the show possible yep with that though we're just going to dive straight into it It, it's been a while since we've covered legend concepts on the show Uh, i think we've been putting out a lot of really cool content but with trying to you know record an episode that'll stay relevant regardless of what happens in apex uh, over the next uh, 11 or so days um for us recording in advance we want to do some legend concepts interact with the community if you ever want a chance for your legend concept to be featured on the show, we have a Discord channel where people post legend concepts all the time, posting tons of great concepts, getting feedback, giving feedback on theirs. Um, it's absolutely awesome to see. We got two today that we're going to be highlighting. Uh, before I kind of dive into this first one, I just want to say for anyone that is ever interested in making legend concepts, we love seeing them at us. Don't always comment, but I swear to you, I read most of them. It's very enjoyable. Um, lore. Lore is everything to me in a legend concept. I love people right now and making up their own lore. It's really entertaining. Uh, it's one of the big separators for me. Uh, anything for you overarching on legend concepts you want to highlight, though, if anyone's trying to write up their own after listening to this episode? The lore is big. That's probably number one. Number two for me is having some substantial thought behind the cooldown or the values. Obviously, that doesn't have to be perfect because that can be changed over time. Uh, But I definitely like to see concepts that they really think about how this could be balanced Mm -hmm. against the current legends, which is honestly very, very difficult. It's hard to release a legend that is... A, a major winner and can pull people away from their mains. Yeah. So I, I like to see powerful legends that think about cooldowns and have good lore. Yeah. This first one though, this first legend concept coming from the Discord user ABS, the name Gemini Lynch, codenamed Talos. Class, support, coming from the homeworld of Samathe. Uh, Talos is age 25, lore. Gemini Lynch lived in a less fortunate part of Samathe. His father was an engineer, and his mother would assist his father in the repair business. One night, he heard his parents say they were almost bled dry. 
So he snuck out after they were asleep and left them a note that he went out to a blood sport called the Apex Games after he met a woman named AJ Che and they became good friends. And they decided to both head to the games together until a group of mercenaries came up and AJ Che was able to escape. But Talos was trying to fight them off. Oh, my apologies, I read this incorrectly. Until a group of mercenaries came and AJ Che was able to escape, but Talos was still trying to fight them off. And while he told her to run, he was able to take out a few, but was eventually knocked out. He was out in the middle of nowhere, alone, with no one, until a man walked up to him. He dropped an Apex card and said, you deserve this. Now he's here at the games to continue to help his teammates and fund enough money for his family. Now, I really wanted to put this one in here because dropping the Apex card and saying you deserve this was, it's funny, I I giggled at first because I was like, oh my gosh, that's so unrealistic. And Henry even giggled a little bit while he was just listening to me hear it. And then I think we both immediately made the connection of, oh wait. That's exactly how Rampart joined the games. So I thought that was fun. And I love the backstory about someone kind of going to the games to support their family. Uh, It backs up a little bit of what we kind of were just talking about last week on randos joining the Apex games and how they get there. And I think this kind of builds off of that, which is kind of fun. Totally. Blisk is quite the character and how he he establishes uh, who is ready for the games i think that it's pretty funny like if you're the the offspring of an engineer in samathe and, and you're maybe you're yeah. friends with aj shea and then you get attacked out of nowhere you're qualified yep. and that is accurate yep. that 100%. is accurate so I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, passive, though. Instead of being able to hold four shield cells per slot, Talos can hold five per slot. Uh, we'll go through all the abilities and then cover them. Tactical. Throw a red shield cell that explodes and does the opposite of a shield cell. Deals damage, and each tick does three damage for a total of 50 damage for one charge. Uh, has a cooldown of 20 seconds. Ultimate. Throw a flash base that heals teammates and enemies inside the zone. I'm imagining a flashpoint system essentially for that uh, ultimate. Uh, What do you think of this? Because that ultimate is an idea I know I've seen a lot of people speculate about and want to see implement. How do you balance something that heals teammates and enemies inside a zone when it is for your own legend, essentially? I think this is a really cool uh, kit. It is right on the nose for support. You know, I think that that's perfect. It's a very underserved class of legends. I love to see concepts in this class. Um, having a passive and a tactical so closely related, I think, is really, really cool. Having healables become throwables mm-hmm. is also a pretty interesting idea, especially since we now have drop kits. Mm-hmm. So every mm-hmm. legend spawns with two shield cells, mating. This legend would have, you know, a tactical like fuses or uh, Maggie's, so be able to do damage right off the drop, which is pretty cool. I have to kind of make an assumption though on the tactical. Is this something where it does splash damage and kind of lingers on the ground, and so you pass through it and it'll do tick damage? Or if this hits you directly, it's going to slowly over time do fifty damage. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what. Like, can you avoid the 50 damage or is it hard to hit that 50 damage? What's your uh, 
understanding. My, my gut reaction was kind of like a thermite where it is going to be more of yeah. a splash area and getting the full mm-hmm. 50 could be a bit more difficult. But if you touch them at all, like a thermite, it probably will tick for you know, 12, 15, something along those lines. And then the longer, yeah. obviously, the higher it goes. Um, that was kind of my first assumption, at least. But uh, I could see it going the other way after you kind of uh, explained it. And being cool, we've kind of had those poisoning slow concepts before. Uh, and they're interesting, at least in my opinion. For something like that, especially when it's tied directly to your loot, you know, people carry a lot of cells. You know, it's not irregular for people to have eight, 12 shield cells uh, near the middle of the end game. I would probably want to see this maybe experiment with not having a cooldown, you know, or having like a fixed number mm. that you can have charged up and made into red, or you have kind of a separation where you have to make a choice, um, or just go crazy and say, any shield cell can be thrown, and especially if it has a tick damage that low, that would definitely take you away from your weapon, mm-hmm. but it would definitely add an interesting play style um, in somebody that was choosing between healables and doing that area of effect damage. Yep. Um, o- overall, though. A legend like this... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, overall, just looking at the concept, I think uh, ABS, I think it's a really fun concept. I think it suffers from the one key thing Henry said at the top of the show. I think you're underpowering your legend uh, in terms of a concept. Like, a passive of a shield cell, you know, expansion in the inventory is cool, but no reason to stop before. Why not go to six? Let's keep these numbers round. Mm-hmm. Why not go from two to three or two to four bats as well? Um, you know, we have really powerful legend in this game, flex a little bit more, like Henry was explaining, you know, well, maybe multiple charges of the tactical, maybe no cooldown on the tactical that is reliant on inventory stuff. And um, I think the flashpoint idea is cool. And I don't think it has to be a heals teammates thing or heals enemies as well. Or you could heal yourself yeah. at higher rates than your enemies, something like support. We need power and support to be relevant. And so I think you can essentially take this concept amp it up a couple degrees in every area and you have a pretty pretty cool legend in my opinion yeah i think the ultimate being that kind of area effect healing of enemies and uh teammates right now lifelines tactical is so good at that you know having that unlimited pool of health uh across the duration is so close to this that i like it and it's fun but widening that range and maybe making it faster maybe isn't enough to make this ultimate ability enough more powerful compared to lifelines tactical Mm -hmm. um but i love that this concept really gets our minds going Mm -hmm. to like i I would like to see the passive expanded to like having an extra inventory slot that just has a permanent battery you know this legend has one battery no matter what Mm -hmm. and it recharges like that's super cool Mm -hmm. Um, and I love it. So definitely a great start for a cool support legend. hundred percent. I agree with you. Uh, next legend concept coming from the discord user, a gamer like the rest call sign strike real name, Carson description, deadly disruptor for some lore. Carson was the son of a wealthy businessman who realized that pilots in the frontier were the best paid people, period. He had Carson trained, and when the frontier war was starting to spark, 
Carson went to the frontier with Blisk to train to be a pilot with the IMC. Their training was quick and impressive. They fought well, but Blisk realized he could make a much larger profit as a mercenary. He invited Carson to come with them and join the Expex Predators, but he still felt loyalty to the IMC and did not join. But near the end of the Frontier War, he realized the IMC would most definitely not be able to pay for more of his services. Or the IMC would definitely be able to pay more for his services as a mercenary. And so, as the Battle of Typhon began, he was sent there with the technology that could protect the Ark and the Fold from enemy attacks. On the way there, his ship crashed on a small moon. He was rescued by malicious soldiers who did not know his colors, and he made friends with one of them specifically. He helped them all repair their shuttle, and after it was damaged, they were able to leave when he received news that the Battle of Typhon had been lost. At the same time, he was forced to kill those who saved his life. He rejected being an Apex Predator and became an illegal weapon smuggler in the Outlands. Years later, Blisk invited him to join the Apex Games, and he agreed. Oh my gosh, the lore. I was really struggling with reading, but yeah. I gotta say, the concept of dad makes you a pilot. IMC, you become an IMC soldier, work with Blisk, train with Blisk, legit. So this guy is not like the pilot that Bangalore and Jackson were able to take down. This is a yeah. this is a serious pilot. And decides, you know what, actually I'm gonna become a mercenary. That's where the money is. And makes sense. That's kind of how he was raised. His dad's a wealthy businessman in it for the money from the get-go. And then crashed onto this planet doing a mission, saved by the militia, kills his militia people, friends, to be able to escape. And then obviously kind of goes to the outlands and goes down like the illegal activity uh, pathway. Really fun concept to me, but man, just brutal to have to kill your militia friends. Yeah, that was tough. I, I love the lore. It's such a great connection between Titanfall 2 and Apex. Killing, killing your rescuers. That's ice cold, though. It sets up a character to be a villain, which is why it I kind of love that uh, in terms of presenting lore. Um, before we get into the abilities, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's get into the abilities of the Legend Strike. Passive, hand-to-hand -hand champion. When an enemy is below 30 combined health and shields, they can be immediately finished with a 2 seconds longer than normal finisher. Passive 2, Dexterous. Strike can swap between all weapons as, and put them away 10% faster. Tactical, Disruptor Spike. Strike launches a Disruptor Spike with a cannon similar to which Bang Smoke uses. The spike attaches to anything it hits, but bounces off enemies dealing one damage. The spike emits a sphere within a 15 meter radius, and the spike lasts for 20 seconds before disappearing. All allies inside cannot be scanned. Interesting, aggressive, and defensive thing at the same time. <laughs> Enemies inside have their shields take two seconds longer to be used. In addition, their allies cannot see them through walls or see their health. Enemies cannot see their own health very easily as it has a glitched appearance. The spike is very small but has 15 HP. It can be pinged by a wraith passive but not by any other kind of scan. Has a 20 second cooldown after destruction. I like that little clarification there. Ultimate, illegally modded shotgun. Strike pulls out a slug shotgun with one large bullet. Max damage is 170 damage to the head at absolute point blank range. The weapon has seven bullets and a very fast damage drop off. 
It's treated like a third weapon, like Sheila, and has unique inspect animations. Three minute cooldown. Okay. Anti recon, Henry. That's that's the core of what I want to talk about with yeah. this concept. What are your thoughts on a tactical like this that has those sorts of abilities in Apex? It's unlike anything we have seen in the games, honestly. So it's cool concept. I'm pretty scared by it. Uh, <laughs> but maybe that makes it good. You know, I, I think we're looking for legends that can come into the game and make something really valuable and new. And if that means, you know, we're going to pose a real limited time threat that is visible to those hit scan legends, or not hit scan, but uh, wall hack yeah, legends, yeah. I'm, I think I'm okay with that, you know, as long as it's transparent. Um, this spike ability has what they're saying is a 15 meter radius. Um, Gibraltar's bubble has about a six meter radius. So we're talking, you know, a little more than twice the size of a bubble, um, which I think is pretty dang good. Um, what do you think? Is this, do you like the idea? Mm-hmm. Not like it? Think it's possible? Yeah, I mean, I, I think come back to kind of what you were saying with anti recons, tough. Um, but I like this concept of what seems to be a very precise ability, pretty small radius. 15, I don't think is anything like overtly massive when we talk about legend radius abilities and mm-hmm. having, you know, legitimate effects longer to heal and messing up the UI and scans of things. Uh, it, it's a fun concept. I feel like it's not overtly oppressive in any direction, but because it kind of does a little bit on each thing. That's an interesting concept for an ability. Um, I worry with something like this, and my worry with anti-recon stuff, based on what I've kind of learned from game development since doing this podcast, is how do you work with an ability like this where you don't feel that other people are being affected when you use it on them? You're not dealing damage. You're not seeing the effects. They are being affected, but you don't fully feel that What's that feedback loop like as a player? Is that rewarding to play? Um, that's kind of my challenge with an ability like this. But we have people like Revenant in the game. So like, there's room for it. I think it just needs to be good. And this ability kind of strikes me as moving in the direction. That's, it could be very good. Yeah, I think I'm mainly worried about the transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want a Bloodhound to scan a building and not know if somebody's in yeah. there. You know, like that just cripples their mm-hmm. kit in what I think is a messy yeah. way. Um, you know, the designer for this concept, a gamer like the rest, says Wraith will be able to detect if one of these is in the mm-hmm. area. I think that's a good start. You know, I think you could give a warning to legends like Seer yeah, or Bloodhound. Um, that one of these are in the area too. And I don't think that would be that bad, but I think it would clean up mm-hmm. a lot of those super frustrating moments without making it useless. Or you could do something where, uh, I guess maybe you could do it with the recon legends and that you just have a little uh, glitch and notification on the mini yeah, map. Yeah. You know, when you're 50 meters away from something like this, it doesn't have to be in your face like two enemies scanned mm-hmm. or this ability has been used in the center of the UI. But something I think is really important to make this 
at all possible in the current meta. I agree. I think that example of the bloodhound running up to a building, scanning, getting nothing and dying would be tough. So maybe it's the scan and it's like, there's somebody in your area, but can't be like fully identified or something along those lines. Like that definitely makes some sense to me. What do you think about the shotgun? What do you think about going that Sheila route, bringing in another yeah. third weapon? Um, you know, I think we have the LMG and it, it seems to work best with the extremes in theory. LMG, shotgun, sniper. Do you think something like this works in Apex? Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to the numbers for someone like yeah. this. Sheila by the numbers is so, so good, but the recoil and the even the spin up make people not use yeah. it. So a shotgun is a pretty popular class, making this so that it was a super high risk given that it's for free mm -hmm. and it seems to have a pretty high reward from a DPS standpoint. I have concerns about it, but it is possible. I think it's important to highlight the fact that this would be just like Sheila and you could swap to it as a third weapon. That's a very powerful mm -hmm. thing. And that's why I think Rampart is so powerful and that she can effectively have three weapons which allows you to specialize even yeah. more you know that allows you to carry a sniper that allows you to carry you know two light weapons or something like that um so i like that a lot um i i really like the first passive weirdly okay enough. yeah uh being able to kind of instant finish somebody before they're knocked sounds insane but if they only have 30 hit points to their they're name, they're so weak. They're one yeah. melee uh -huh. away. You know, they're one melee away. And so the fact that um, this legend can go up to them and not melee them, but grab them instead and put them into an instant finisher that's a little bit mm -hmm. longer, I think is super yeah. cool. Like, imagine it, the animations. Like, I, it would just be really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it would be rare. And finishers are very counterable. Like this is not a perfect mm -hmm. ability. I think it would be frustrating to go against, but it wouldn't be the end of the yeah. world. You know, you'd already feel dead. Cool to have probably this. at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty mm -hmm. cool. This would be a like amazing clips. Yeah. So I think the highs of this ability would definitely yeah. outweigh. Uh, any frustration. I agree. I think, and and I think the second passive that goes with it is fun as well. Being able to swap weapons faster is a cool concept, especially when you bring in the ultimate, and so then you can swap faster to the ultimate from the ultimate, and vice versa. Uh, I think that's a cool combo. So overall, uh, cool legend, fun little story. Uh, getting into the games, those are two legend concepts for today's episode. Uh, we're going to wrap things up by answering a few questions from Discord here. Uh, starting off with a question from the Discord user, Chaos. Do you think the game needs a major revamp? For example, a full season dedicated to game health. Where do you stand on that, Henry? Easy question. Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't think we need that. I think the current cadence of collection events and new legends, new mm -hmm. maps, new weapons uh, is definitely preferable. Uh, for me. I agree. 100%. I'm with you. Next question, also from Discord, coming from Goomba. Other than the G7, what guns do you want in or out of the care package? Oh, man. You take away the G7 from the options and it becomes very tough. I think uh, my first one is the bow going into the care package and in the very powerful state it 
was maybe even pre uh, nerf when it first released. I think that would be a ton of fun and really match what I envision a care package weapon uh, looking like. In terms of coming out though, outside of the G7, is there anything that you you would want to do on that time frame, or you just been laser focused on the G7? I mean, you haven't even thought about it. <laughs> I'm pretty concerned about the Volt being in there for another yeah. year. You yeah. know, like, I think that's pretty, pretty bad. I'd love to expedite that if at all possible. Um, to take its place, I think the bow is a great option. You've spoken before about the Devotion being still a good option mm-hmm. uh, for going into the pack. Charge Rifle, um, I think, is a great candidate as well. Um, you know, such an old concept, but now, is I think more relevant than ever is putting in a pistol with disruptors and hammer points. You know, if you could put in something like the P2020 or even the RE and really juice it up, Mm -hmm. I think that'd be appropriate because I see them as pretty underpowered, but they can be so fun to use and really fit the, fit the mold for a, Care package you know what would be fun would be go even crazier than that and like we've seen those guns perform like very well before mm-hmm. but do the mozam in the care pack bring yeah. the mastiff out onto the ground to kind of have the three larger shotguns and throw hammers on the mozam faster fire rate more ammo more damage and just make it be really good that'd be a ton of fun actually i, I like that thought um g7 primary focus though. <laughs> Yeah, gotta stay focused. Uh, next question coming from Jake Merv. I know it was talked about last week, but after these last few weeks of Hal and his Watson bringing Seer into the meta, do you guys think pros and high-level content creators have the biggest influence on pick rate? Ooh, great question. <laughs> um, the largest influence? No. I think that when it comes to it, legends that are really dialed in like Octane and Wraith and Pathfinder who are all free, you know, or quick to unlock in uh, the case of Octane. I think that has a huge impact still. And I think the fun factor is still pretty high on the list. But I do I, I don't so I don't think it's the biggest influence, but I do think it has a pretty significant influence on a a sizable part of the player base. I think the viewership of the ALGS finals was a huge record, and that one event did move the needle uh, pretty significantly for a few legends, which I think is cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I definitely think it's an influence, and I think it's a it's an important influence to an extent. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, legend balancing is going to be number one. If someone becomes better than everyone else, I think they're going to be you know, at the top of the list. And if uh, someone is nerfed, I think they're going to be in the lower part of the list. Next question coming from Bazooka Joe. Do you think the respawn ship is too slow or should it be faster? This is a fun one. I don't know if we've actually ever talked about this in two never gotten years. this question yeah and never ever ever talked about this. i like thinking about it i actually would love it to be faster i i, spe- I agree i think Fully. in higher level play specifically it would be fun to actually have a more legitimate reason 
to go for banners and then to push respawns. We've talked about like resetting with better weapons and stuff, depending on what ring you're in in as well. I think that could be part of it, but just getting down in of itself is a challenge for so many people. But I think that'd be really cool. And you could even like take away mobile respawn beacons. So like respawning was kind of harder, but if you did it, it was more rewarding kind of thing. Uh, but a little buff to crypto and doing that. Uh, yeah, never had thought about it until seeing this question, and I, I really like it, Bazooka. Great question. Definitely faster uh, would be great. You know, Warzone has the buyback system, um, and I think you could do respawn beacons where maybe you don't have the like usage time. You can just tap it, and it works, kind of like crypto in the drone. Um, I, I think you could still keep mobile respawn and have them have the drop in as kind of their nerf, but speed up either mm-hmm. the ship speed or the activation time. I'd be a fan of that. Yeah. You know, I don't think it would hurt the game in any way. I Agreed. think it would probably make it better. Agreed. Uh, last question come from Soapy Stone. Do you guys think Kings Canyon will return for a rank system season with the constant updating to all of their maps? Also, what are you guys' best tips for solo queuing crypto mains? I am stunned by this question. I like it. Um, <laughs> I do not get the impression that Kings Canyon is massively out of date or has gone without updates as other maps have. I'm trying to think of the cadence right now. When, when was the last time we... Is we Kings Canyon the oldest Lobo. one? We got season eight. Yeah. But at, at season eight. At this current cycle, is it the oldest one? I think so. Um, if you consider the minor Olympus update that added Olympus the objects, objects and stuff. And then Storm Point. And season 10, there was uh, the World's Edge update. Yeah. Um, I think when King's Canyon comes back for a rank split, it will probably have small updates yeah. just like the others. I mean, um, it'll be interesting. We've always asked the question of, Will a map ever be like fully phased out of ranked um, at some point? And, you know, if we ever add more maps again in the future, I think that question becomes more prevalent. I, we haven't heard from developers that like there is a plan to phase out Kings by any means, but mm-hmm. it's obvious. I think it is probably like one of the most controversial ranked maps when it is kind of in play. So, I don't know. I would ex- personally, I would expect it to get an update though, uh, and us to play on it again. I would be surprised if we kind of just phased it out without ever saying anything. Yeah, I I just find it interesting that it's seen as a really old and stale map compared to the others getting constant updates. I think it's a pretty normal cadence yeah. in my head. But I'm I just to think, think it's through I it think now. it's due up next, like, right? And so it's just it's been a while. I think in comparison, so, but like. I just see it as it has a lot of amazing things like yeah. Caustic's Town Takeover, Crypto's Town Takeover, the Explosive Holds. But I think it's crash because ship, like this. Have we played on it now twice in a row though without getting updates for it potentially in terms of cadence? That might be possible. All right, we're going back in my brain. So we're just, season eight was the King's Canyon update with the crash shipped. Season nine was a Olympus update. Season 10 was a World's Edge update. Season 11 was Storm Point release. Season 12 
was the last season with Mad Maggie, mm-hmm. which we were on Kings. But did we have a map update for that? Because if not, then that means we'd... Pl- but the map update was on Olympus. Yeah. So we've played on Kings twice since having a map update. So there actually is a slightly abnormal cadence at that point then. And then season 13, we got Stormpoint updates. Yeah. The new map definitely threw things off. Yeah. But I, yeah, I guess. That's really interesting to think about. Yeah, because if you're thinking that Kings has been abandoned for so long, I wonder what would happen next. Yeah. It's a good question because you're either going down the road of phasing it out Mm -hmm. of ranked, like Soapy's saying, or you're gearing up for a much larger update. Yeah. Hmm. One to monitor. Time will tell. One to monitor. I think that's just definitely. Uh, Solo Q and Crypto. um, uh, Play another legend. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, You're going to have to be on mic. Ping as many things as possible. Don't just highlight. Ping enemies as well. Ping those banners as much as possible when you go into the drone. Um, And yeah, Honestly, though, with playing crypto comes a little bit of a hope that your team is going to recognize the value you can bring in playing into the crypto. Um, And so, you know, there is a little bit of stuff that's out of your control in terms of people leaving you while you're in the drone at times. But the best way to do that is to make it very known when you are in the drone by being alert and pinging a lot of stuff. Crypto is one of the hardest legends to play, I think, period. Solo queue, even harder. I, I would say taking a page out of Shay's playbook and using the drone very aggressively. A lot of, I think, crypto players, you know, approaches kit or new crypto players will say long range scouting. You know, you want to send the drone out far, scout a POI, and then you'll go in with your team. When more, so the, the value is you finish out it. A fight and you quickly pop the drone or to check a banner to see if there's a third party mm-hmm. or you're closing in a fight and you're going to quickly you know initiate emp almost right on top of yourself in order to get you know a huge amount of damage on any enemies in the area yeah um i think if you're queuing by yourself playing like that and popping the drone with your teammates right next to them mm-hmm. is probably the way to go instead of hanging back and using it long term. I have a question on the crypto front. Would he be too powerful if given a little a little buff in that his UI was not 100% linked to being in drone if on the corner of his screen you had the number of squads in your area like based on banner frames at all times essentially yeah. or while your drone is out at least, but you're not in it, like being able to see that number. So you don't have to press the left bumper to go in, all that kind of stuff, or even going as full extreme of going as picture in picture where you get like a little view of it. Um, Essentially just a a buff to Neuralink. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be reasonable, honestly. Um, I, I even think that Buffing the passive so that the drone had a wider radius of detection or a longer distance of 
detection yeah. is needed as well. Yeah. You know, because like you said, as a tip, you need to ping enemies as well. Mm-hmm. That's mostly because it's very hard to you have to stare at them with the drone. I know. And get yeah. really close and get a clear line of sight. Remember, like, it was buffed to its easy. current state too. It used it's to be crazy. even worse. So you can yeah. do more. So yeah. I think definitely buffing just the passive would probably be appropriate yeah. for our guy crypto. Agreed. That's going to wrap things up for us though. Thank you to our producer, Third Party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>